0: It's time for To The Top Talk with Jamie Arrington, a power hour of all things Southern Miss. For questions or comments, call 601-261-0898 or pound 981 for C Spire customer. Now we go live to the studio with Jamie. What's going on? What's happening? How you guys doing? Welcome to To The Top Talk with Jamie Arrington. It's my fault for not hitting the right button there. Your weekly break from all of the High Resource 5 propaganda to talk about the University of Southern Mississippi Golden Eagles. In with me, in the studio, as always, Southern Miss Black Ops tailgate legend, Jason Bailey. Greetings
1: and salutations.
0: Greetings and salutations. It's and nice all... to
1: be back with just the, just the two of us.
0: Yeah. I mean, it's I... kind of weird. It is a little weird. It's been a while. It's been a while. Absolutely. <laughs> well... We got a lot to talk about today. So Southern Miss, big win over Marshall this past weekend, bringing the Golden Eagles to eight and four. Um, a very exciting game, a very back and forth game, um, but it was a great one, a great win for the Golden Eagles. That's a team that has kind of had our number the past what six, seven years. They beat us several ro- several years in a row straight during our downtime. We're back two years in a row for us. We're going to keep that streak going as long as we keep playing them. But the big talk right now is bowl season. So Southern Miss, eight and four. Getting ready for bowl season. Eight and three. Explain to the listeners why it's eight and three. Well,
1: it's eight and three because um, if anybody watched the Tennessee game, uh, that's why it's eight and three.
0: You know, and somebody asked
1: me the other day, "Hey, what's y'all's record this year? Y'all got a pretty good season going." I said, 8 and three. Well, you, you don't. You guys don't play eight, twelve games. Said, so, "Oh, we played twelve games." Well, what happened? I said, "The Tennessee game happened." <laughs> so. Yeah, man, that that thing was just a sham from the get-go. And I know we already went over that a million times over, but yeah, eight and three.
0: We're going to talk about all the different bowl possibilities later in the show, but as of right now, the most likely destination for the Southern Miss football team, the Independence Bowl, December 27th, 1230 p.m. in Shreveport. Um, you know, the list of opponents is very fluid right now, and like I said, we'll get into all that. But I found an interesting article because I was kind of trying to research who we were going to play, and the most likely opponent right now, according to the different sites, according to the different project- projections, Florida State, mm-hmm. which would be a a, a very solid-name opponent, a very it's, – it's it's one that I think Southern Miss fans, the casual fans would buy tickets to.
1: Yeah, it's it's the – Exactly the kind of game that a lot of Southern Miss fans like, a lot of the Southern Miss fans that complained for years when we were playing East Carolina, now they complain because we're playing one of the FU teams. Um, even if one of those teams are better than Florida State, they would rather play Florida State,
0: yeah. So, and what I'm not saying we're going to play Florida State, that's just the most likely opponent. But I was looking at, you know, trying to see who the sites had Florida State playing, and one of their fan sites, one of their sites that's tied in with 24-7, the guy was talking about how they were going to Jacksonville, mm-hmm. to the TaxSlayer Bowl. So I found this article. This article is on Newsobserver.com uh, out of North Carolina. It's by a writer named Joe Giglio, maybe. I'm just a Jiglio, <laughs> And... <laughs> I don't, Niglio. He kind of broke down the ACC bowl situation. So, basically, the Notre Dame has a tie-in with the ACC in, the, in their bowls mm-hmm. for some reason. I don't know why that is.
1: Unless they're in one of those New Year's bowls.
0: Correct, unless right. they're in one of those New Year's okay. bowls. But Notre Dame falls, um, they're more than likely not going to be in one of the...
1: Right, yeah. Like,
0: BCS, I don't know what you call it now. Yeah, like,
1: but since they lost... They're now in the mix for the ACC bowl tie ins. Correct. Which is what leads us to possibly Florida State and the roadmap to the independence bowl.
0: Correct. So according to this article, if 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 things you know, and things are very fluid. They could there's things that could change just by one game. So Mm -hmm. I'm not gonna say that this is who Southern Miss is going to play. And I'm not saying that Southern Miss is actually going to go to the independence bowl. I do know from conversations I've had with different people who talked to the Independence Bowl this past weekend, and if you follow Jason Munns, and if you keep up with his show, what is it called? The Committable Offer mm-hmm. on Facebook. Go back and watch that. He did a great job of breaking it down, why he thinks that Southern Miss is headed to the Independence Bowl. And in this article, basically, a 6-6 six and six team in the ACC cannot be picked ahead of an 8-4 team. So... Notre Dame 9-3. Virginia Tech nine and three. NC State eight and four. Louisville eight and floor. eight and four. Wake forest seven and five. Boston College State seven and five. Um, it's gonna be difficult for a team like a six and six team like Florida State, if they beat Louisiana Mo- Monroe this weekend, to jump them and get into those bowls. So, according to Joe Giglio, um, it, 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 he kind of feels like the military bowl is kind of the same tier as the Independence Bowl also the same tier as the Quick Lane Bowl he thinks that Virginia's heading to the military bowl Duke's headed to Detroit and Florida State is headed to Shreveport with a win with and, a win and that's the consensus everybody said so alright we're going to take a break and when we come back we're going to talk Southern Miss versus Marshall and we're going to get into the bowl situation to the top Welcome back to To The Top Talk. Jamie Arrington here in studio with Jason Bailey. Southern Miss had a game this past weekend at 7-4. Southern Miss taking on 7-4. Marshall Thundering Herd. The Golden Eagles squeak it out with a 28-27 victory. What a way to cap off the season against a very, very solid defensive team in the Marshall Thundering Herd. Still
1: can't believe we came away with that victory.
0: (laughs) Yeah. You know, just just how it went down. I mean, how...
1: And and this is going to sound disrespectful to Louisiana Tech, but um, how very Louisiana Tech of them, <laughs> you know. It, it's 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 one of those games, and like you said, I think we had lost like four or five in a row to Marshall to even up the series at six and six games to six, right?
0: And we beat them last year. We did yeah. beat, them okay, year we beat them last year. Okay, we did beat
1: Okay. Yeah. So, um, but you know, up and down and um, drama throughout. Crazy penalties, of course, you know that we probably didn't deserve, but we get every single game. And then to come down to that play at the at, at the end was um was uh the only way I can I can describe it really is is just very very Louisiana Tech of them.
0: Hey, I'll, I'll take. I think that's a great uh, explanation. Yeah, to I mean, anybody n- familiar with the yeah. situation would.
1: Well, well, normally Marshall doesn't do that. Normally, uh, actually, we we would probably do that against Marshall. <laughs> Correct. Especially Ed Marshall.
0: Well, if so, we were if we were still in a running for the conference championship, that that's when they get us, is when we have something to that's play true. for.
1: Even the twelve win year,
0: they got us. <clears throat> Especially the twelve yeah. year.
1: God. Sugar bowl.
0: Oh, I know. Marshall. Them and the Blazers, man. Mm. So let's start with the offense. Quatre Griggs. Uh, not his best day, but, but still had a, a decent day. 16 for 35 for 170 yards, three touchdowns, also had 12 carries for 61 yards. Edo, and I quote Jay Hobson when I say this, had an Edo day. 29 carries, 150 yards, one touchdown, also three receptions for 12 yards. With his 27-yard rush in the second quarter, Edo Smith became the school's all-time all-purpose yard leader. He ended the day with 162 all-purpose yards and currently has 6,344, surpassing Damian Fletcher, who used to have the record with 6,253 yards. Ito, one of the all-time greats here at Southern Miss.
1: Yeah, I mean, give a hand for Ito. You know know what we should do? We should come up with some kind of award to hand to him because he's been such an awesome player.
0: The the best football player um in the country. We'll call it the Edo Smith Award. Yeah. And we'll and I think we're gonna have to take a vote, but I think Edo Smith would probably win this year.
1: Yeah, he would probably win for, you know, the best <laughs> player. Especially in the state of Mississippi. But if there is only an award like that, I don't I don't know if there's one out there or not. Maybe we we can just get that worked up over the uh we can get that worked up over the holidays and um come up with our own award. And we, it can be like a jersey, like a number twenty five jersey. Absolutely. Anything. Any kind of award that anybody can come up with, let us know.
0: It'd be great. <laughs> well, and he also had his 42nd career rushing touchdown in the second quarter. And and Damian Fletcher's got 44 in his career. Wow. Ito's got 42, so he's right there with Fletch. I mean, the number 25, certainly a magical number here for the Golden Eagles.
1: If you're going to retire that number, do you go like like two heads on the uh, – <laughs> You pretty much have to. Um or is it or is that just going
0: to be a um maybe that's a number that that'll just be coveted by by running back after running back and that's probably more likely to be the case cuz i mean we're kind of getting you kind of get to the point after a while when you start retiring numbers where you don't have any numbers left right that we're, sounds like a fake j we don't yeah <laughs> um <laughs> so yeah i i don't see them retiring it although yeah. it would be deserved for either you could make a case for either running back i mean
1: and you know getting back to uh what you're talking about uh, just straight up the game before we got off on the Edo rant and the lack of an award for people like him. Um, Griggs had a very efficient day. Um, and I, I, I honestly think it was, uh, it was more – it wasn't that he was off target. He missed a few balls long. But that's a heck of a lot than missing them short. Correct. right? You throw it where your guy can catch it or nobody can catch it. And it was, you know, it, a couple of them were pretty overthrown, like maybe two or three steps in front of him.
0: Yeah, the, the um, long ball certainly wasn't on point for Briggs yeah. this weekend.
1: Uh, but, you know, you, I have to give serious props to the Marshall secondary. Those guys reminded, were, reminded me like of, of us, really. I mean, they're fast, smart, fast, and physical. <laughs> I mean, they really were the entire game. They were there. Um, Quadra even tried to throw some guys open, and they just had the closing speed and um, – And a lot of the passes that we caught were contested, so I thought it was just a boy. It it was a it was just one heck of a football game to watch, and I was just kind of glad that I was just a part of it, really.
0: Also, Corey K. Rob had a K. Rob game: seven receptions, 118 yards, one touchdown. I don't know what Corey's doing now, as far as you know. We had a theory before that he would score. At least one touchdown a game, and then he'd take a week off, and then he'd score. Most of the time it was two touchdowns a week, and then take a week off, and then he just – that, that kind of got messed up, and now he's just scoring every week.
1: Yeah. Well, you know, he's got tired of, of taking a week off in between.
0: Yeah, I, that, I get, that makes sense.
1: So he probably listens to the show. He probably heard your outlandish <laughs> theory,
0: he said, I'll show them. Yeah, he said, I'll show them. He is the seventh Golden Eagle receiver with a 1,000 yards receiving in a season. Wow. So you think about some of the great receivers we've had here. Only seven of them have eclipsed 1,000 yards. And some of that has to do with the different types of offenses that are out there. But he has had a monster year.
1: Yeah. And, you know, anybody that listens has heard us the entire year. But, but this kid, you guys, I mean, you know, cross your fingers and knock on wood and all that. But barring any kind of setback or, or God forbid, an injury or anything like that, um you know, he's starting to get into DeAndre Brown territory. I mean, with me, just just a, a guy that is almost unguardable. Um, not the absolute breakaway speed of DeAndre, but after he catches the ball, um, I mean, first of all, the way that he can go and he can block out the receiver and he can go up and make a catch is incredible. After he catches it and near about takes either the sideline um, or two or three guys to bring him down.
0: Yeah, um, I, think, I think he's a different, you know, DeAndre was a little taller, maybe a little faster before the injury. Um, but Corey is, is kind of more muscle to me. I mean, he's a guy that you just can't, goodness. You can't take him down with one shot. Um, it, like, like we've said on the show before, definitely reminds us of Anquan Bolden. He kind of yeah. has that same kind of build and same kind of game. Even like a Des Bryant. Yeah.
1: yeah, just a, uh, and I always look at it as a Keyshawn Johnson and pick one of the guys above. But on top of that, he's just such a nice guy, man. And I'm just so glad that, number one, he's on our team. And number two, apparently he didn't decide to become a fireman.
0: Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Another high point of the offense this week, the Golden Eagle offensive line did not give up a sack. Finally got that worked out, didn't we? Yeah, well, I mean, I think there's been several games recently where they haven't given up sacks.
1: Yeah, well, you remember at the very beginning of the year, of course, Dorbeck went out, right? First quarter of the Tennessee game.
0: Um, Of the Kentucky game.
1: Uh, Yeah, Kentucky game. Um, And then we kind of shuffled. And it took us, what, two or three games with with, with a couple different quarterbacks in the mix and play calling and all that to kind of finally halfway through the year find our rhythm. But once they found it,
0: um, it was kind of on. Absolutely, you
1: know, offensively. No matter who's under center, and, so,
0: I, and I think I still think improvement is 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 going to be there for the team. You know, I, I don't know that. I mean, for the offensive line, I, I, I they certainly haven't reached their potential, but to, to hold a team like Marshall, who's one of the top defensive teams in the in the conference, to zero sacks is 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 a great accomplishment.
1: Yeah, yeah. Well, it's it's and it's not like we threw sixteen passes. You know, we threw yeah. the ball.
0: Uh, we got the ball
1: overhand. hand. It's not like we had all the quick screens, although there were some. Um, but there's plenty of, you know, drops where, you know, like we said, there's at least four or five balls that I can remember that were overthrown. That's a, that's a deep – you, you can't get 40 yards down the field to miss a guy uh, in less than three seconds. you got to have time to get down there. So, yeah, props to the O-line. Props to Coach Losey, you know. Absolutely. I mean, got to give it up to Juice.
0: <laughs>
1: um, that guy's incredible, too. I like him
0: and Marshall a team that hadn't been averaging very many passing yards on the year had 308 in this game only 74 rushing so the Golden Eagles they hold them to 382 total yards uh, on offense which i think they were kind of you know below that so they kind of got the best – I don't want to say they got the best, but they had a better game than expected against this Golden Eagle defense. That being said, Golden Eagle defense shined in a lot of ways. Tarvarius Moore had, a, had an excellent game. He had six tackles. Five of those were solo. Ta- uh, half a tackle for a loss. One forced fumble. One interception. And two um, breakups. So I mean, he was he was he was back there, and he was a guy that they they were calling his name constantly throughout the game.
1: Yeah, well, and we've mentioned it all year long. Um, that's one of the guys that you want to pull for on the defensive side, and you almost got to worry he gets so fired up. Yeah, he gets so fired up that you know a lot like like when Munz was on, he was talking about we just have to behave sometimes. Uh, he he skates that line, <laughs> which is fine. You have to play with an edge. You have to play with passion and with fire, and he does all of those things. And we can when he can just control it just a little bit to not go over that line, uh, you get games like we saw last week, and I sure hope we get to see it at least one more time.
0: Kelsey Douglas led the way with nine tackles in that game, so he, he's backing up that two interception for a touchdown performance mm-hmm. from last week, having a solid day. Paul Thigpen blocked a Marshall field goal in the fourth quarter for his first of the season and the second block of his career. Did you
1: see the interview that Muns did with him? I did not asking
0: him about that. He
1: said, "Did you jump?" <laughs> <laughs> and he, he just kind of started smiling He goes, well, you know, like ever since that Tennessee game
0: <laughs> He said, well, you know
1: <laughs> But anyway, yeah, I mean, it's good to see Paul Thick Ben back And, you know, and he's guys who went through a little trouble there for a while And nice to see him back, nice to see him going And nice to see uh, everybody uh, Would you think, like, maybe we're the healthiest we've been all year? We're certainly up there I, I mean, mean, you know, Picasso's been out for so long that we've kind of just Gotten used to the fact that he's just not going to be here, right? He's right. coming back for next year.
0: And Kelsey's done a great job filling the void.
1: Um, and uh, Ty Pollard, he's, I think, 100% healthy now,
0: uh, or close to it. Yeah, I don't know what percentage, but he's playing, so that's uh-huh. definitely a step up from where it was If few years Of course, Drake's ago. back. Yeah. Cornell's back. Yeah. Well, and, and just as important as anybody else, Quadre is, is yeah. healthy.
1: He did have maybe tape on his fingers or a little like two Band-Aids sticking two finger, fingers together, but definitely not a cast.
0: Right. So,
1: we're getting there, and what a better time to get there. Think of of everything that's come together, from the offensive line that we talked about, to finally deciding kind of on a quarterback, to having a healthy quarterback, to having um, a healthy defensive backfield, replacing a guy like Picasso. It's kind of been done at this point. So, that's a lot of stuff we've gone through, and I probably didn't hit on all of it.
0: No, but, yeah, uh, but absolutely. You're absolutely right. But
1: yeah, I mean, and and that's what, you know, the season is it's a long season, and it's a process. And um and we are coming out better than we were last year. So that's kind of what you want to do as a program.
0: Want to improve, man. Mm-hmm. Every every year is a journey, every game is a journey, and certainly you want to get better. That's uh, that's my Jay Hobson. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I was going to make some kind of journey joke there, but I, I just let I, it I, I should let
0: it ride. Yeah. So, this is the first time Southern Miss won in Huntington, West Virginia since 2009. And with that win, the Golden Eagles now have a 7-6 to six edge over the Thundering Herd in the all-time series. Southern Miss, with the win, 8-4 and on the season, and they finish 6-2 and two in Conference USA. Another stat of note, the five road victories for the Golden Eagles are the most that they've had since the team went 5-2 and two during the regular season in the year 2000 on the road. So, Um, I think the road victories, I mean, we had some some, – most of our stumbles were at home this year.
1: Yeah, for whatever reason, we're better away. You think that has to do anything with um, just kind of, you know, when you're on a road trip, when you're on a business trip, it's all business. And when you're here, I know that we're – I'm not saying that that you um, let your guard down or that you don't prepare as much, but you think it's easier to get away from stuff?
0: Well, you know, and that, that could be the case. I hope that we just keep it going next year and then just improve on the home record, you know?
1: So we've got the road figured out, and now we just have to figure out the we home. We've got to figure out the home. Yeah, now, absolutely. the year before, we had the home figured out. Yeah. So we gotta, so next year, it's kind of like when you have a slice on the golf course, and you, yeah. just, you, you, you try to start hooking the ball. And then all of a sudden, you have a hook. But right there in the middle it's when you're playing some pretty good golf. Correct. So right now, we're slicing.
0: Hey, whatever we're doing, man, eight and four. (laughs) And eight and four is about, you know, if you listen to our shows during the summer, eight and four, and we kind of said between six and six and eight and four, eight and four is where we're finishing was kind of the ceiling that we thought this team was gonna have. And, you know, we had some games that we didn't think we'd win in the preseason that we won, and we had some games that we thought we'd win that we that we lost. So, you know, not necessarily the greatest season for gold for the Golden Eagles, but certainly a very good season and something you can build on for the next year.
1: I need to go back and listen to that episode. Remember when we just like ran through it really quick, just off the it was a summer episode, we just kind of ran through it. Um, I want to go back and listen to that. It's a good thing that I can with the podcast
0: absolutely iTunes SoundCloud Google Play go check out all the old episodes and I'll tell you this we had a listener because, probably because we were playing uh, Marshall we had a West Virginia listener this week so we only have three states left wow. that have never listened to, to the Top Talk or maybe they have they just haven't lo- I don't I don't know how all the GPS and everything works so if you're in New Hampshire Utah <laughs> Vermont you know somebody there send them the show Vermont's awesome so, when we come back, we're going to talk about the bowl possibilities for the Southern Miss Golden Eagles. To the top. All right. Welcome back to the Top Talk. Jamie Arrington, Jason Bailey here in studio. Before the break, we talked about Southern Miss's the Southern Miss Golden Eagles' eighth win of the season against the Marshall Thundering Herd. So now, the next next up for Southern Miss bowl season, and we probably won't get a concrete announcement until Sunday, after all the championship games are played. I think they kind of hang out and wait for. They kind of last year they did this bowl show where they revealed all the bowls at one time. So I guess that's kind of what they're going to do again this year.
1: Well, I've booked my room. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, so I'm really looking forward to all that's going to go down in Shreveport. Um, and I hope that's where we end up. You know, and, and and we've said a million times how we always wanted to kind of just be in New Orleans uh, every year. Yeah. Uh, outside of getting one of those crazy payout bowls. Yeah. Um, but that's before I knew that Shreveport was a possibility. <laughs> yeah. So since it opened up, um, the opportunity to play a team – that's got a more recognizable name on the front of their jersey, no matter their ability, uh, and still being fairly close. Bostar's cool too, man, because he knows everywhere.
0: I, I um, think that pro- I think proximity is a big thing. I think that you know it's gonna. I think where we go is gonna also uh, ticket sales are gonna play a factor. I mean, some of these bowls, in New Mexico, Boca Raton, uh, we just wouldn't sell any tickets to, re- no. regardless of the opponent. So. I think that um, you know there's a couple of bowls that seem more likely than others. Let's just run through the slate this week with where the projections have us going. Is as, as as off base as they may or may not be. All right. So first off, the RNL Carriers New Orleans Bowl is December 16th in New Orleans. Obviously, um, two of the projections I saw this week had us going there. One of us, one of them, had us taking on App State. That was David Hale of ESPN, and the other had us taking on Troy. Uh, which is Eric Single of Sports Illustrated. Troy kind of seems like the more likely opponent for whoever from Conference USA USA plays in that bowl. But, you know, based off some conversations I've had with different people, and you definitely, like I said before, you definitely want to check out Jason Munz's episode of The Committable Offer on Facebook. Go to the Hattiesburg American Facebook page. He has some great info on that. But I don't really see, unless things just kind of wackily fall this weekend... I really don't see us going to New Orleans at this point. That being said, if we do, I've still got my reservation there. I haven't canceled it yet. <laughs> All right. But um, it seems like other games are possibilities. Yeah,
1: n- now, now that the carrot
0: of the Independence Bowl has
1: been dangled, this seems so less appealing to me. O- outside of the fact that I love New Orleans, and I would go just because somebody said, you want to go.
0: Yeah. Right, right, absolutely. We could play um, New Orleans every year. I don't care who yeah. we played. I mean – I'd be all for it. Yeah. All right, so the next – so we'll skip a couple of these bowls because nobody has us projected going there. The Gasparilla Bowl, December 21st, Tropicana Field, St. Petersburg, Florida. Kyle Bonagura of ESPN has us taking on the Duke Blue Devils, and Patrick McGee of the Sun-Herald has us taking on the South Florida Bulls. Patty, chiming in. Chiming in. Well, and we'll talk about this in a minute, but the Conference USA champion – apparently gets first pick of the bowls they want to go to. And whoever the person is on the other side of the aisle, the runner-up to the conference championship, the conference will help them go where they want to go, but it's not locked in that they would get to go.
1: So are we third in that
0: slate? Um, kind of? Kind of, but I mean, I think we have a little more of a bowl appeal than a lot of the other teams in Conference USA. So I think that has more to do with it than anything else.
1: So really, as far as the conference goes, first team gets their – that's the only thing we know. They get their pick.
0: Yeah, right. correct.
1: Can can the bowl say, "Uh uh-uh, we don't want you?
0: Um, Not necessarily, but the opponents might be able to. Okay. So we'll get to that when we talk about the Independence Bowl. But the Gasparilla Bowl, I I don't really see that – I mean, this is just – a hunch i really don't see that as being a possibility it kind of feels like we need to sell some tickets and we wouldn't sell tickets in the gasparilla bowl and jason munz has the same opinion so if you watch his show he'll say this so i gotta give i gotta give him a shot and give him credit for that but yeah I, I think it would be tough to sell although we took a bunch of
1: people down there when we played uh louisville was it louisville
0: Louisville, it was Louisville. Okay, and we would take and we would take a crowd, but it wouldn't be as good as it would be with other destinations. I agree. So,
1: although will we take more people to that bowl than um, than say FAU would? Being right, I mean, obviously, I mean FAU might want to go there because it's so close, but they don't have any fans go to their games as it is.
0: I think that the appeal of the game with you know playing an in-state school, yeah, I think that would probably. But I don't think it would be on our radar. I just don't, I mean, regardless I of who I goes would, where. I think I you
1: know, I, as far as TV goes, I think I would rather watch FAU South Florida than I would um, Southern Miss South Florida. I think. I, I think I would rather tune in
0: as an outsider. Just as a casual? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Well, and I mean, I don't know. I'm not worried about that, but I don't There's think so
1: much gonna. speculation <laughs> in this
0: week, every year. Oh, and it's going to be that way until until Sunday when all this comes out. All right, so the next bowl, the Lockheed Martin Arms Forces Bowl. We know that Army is going to be the opponent for whoever goes there. Eric Smith of the USA Today and Stephen Lassen of Athlon had us going there. And, you know, again, I think this is a situation where writers are just plugging people into spots, just trying to fill spots that make sense to them. I really don't see us going to the Armed Forces Bowl. Um just with the different scenarios out there, I don't really don't see that being a possibility. If all else fails, if if you know North Texas were to go um, to the Independence Bowl or FAU, I don't think there's a scenario where we would fall to that bowl.
1: Is the Armed Forces Bowl? Is that at SMU's campus?
0: That is, that is on one? TCU's campus. TCU's campus, correct? Okay. And it was one we traded for the the conference traded with the I think the big. 10 or the Big 12 for Dallas yeah for the Heart of Dallas Bowl which they can't fill so there is a possibility that Conference USA could have a team in the Heart of Dallas Bowl as well and I've seen some projections that had us going to the Heart of Dallas Bowl I don't I don't know how likely that is at this point it's really nice to have all these uh you
1: know at least we're not sitting here going well it's like I hope we go to New Orleans or we might not get anything yeah I mean you know obviously we know we're going somewhere but correct it, it it could be it wasn't that long ago where you know like like cars team that didn't go to a bowl at all it was ranked like twenty first in the country and just didn't go to a bowl correct
0: so, so the most most likely bowl is the next bowl the walk ons independence bowl December twenty seventh twelve thirty p.m. in Shreveport Louisiana Jerry Palm of CBS Sports and Jason Kirk of SB Nation have Southern Mistaking on the Florida State cinnamon rolls Bill Bender of the Sporting News has Southern Mistaking on Texas Tech. And Kerry Miller of Bleacher Report has Southern Miss taking on Virginia. Now, if you watched Jason's show earlier, he said he thinks more than likely it's going to be an ACC opponent, not likely to be a Pac-12. It kind of depends on how the cards fall. Florida State has got to beat Louisiana Monroe before mm-hmm. any of this happens, really. You know, um, Jason also mentioned Liberty Bowl and Birmingham Bowl being possibilities. I've seen Heart of Dallas in some projections. I wouldn't think the Liberty Bowl – I think the Liberty Bowl is trying to snag Memphis – Mm-hmm. According to the stuff I've read, so Birmingham Bowl I think could be a possibility, but if I had to rank them, I'd probably say Independence Bowl, most likely. Then I'd say probably Birmingham, New Orleans, and then Gasparilla.
1: Mm-hmm. Well, so, but the Independence Bowl is sponsored by Walkons, right? Correct. I would like to take this opportunity to say that Walcons is probably the most fine establishment that I've ever been to in my life, and you know. Uh, really uh, yeah if if, if we can if we can uh, either if they're tuning into the show right now walk-ons hey you guys go to go go to walk-ons and have beers and say it's
0: on me this is uh, jason bailey ladies and gentlemen holding it down for us trying to trying to peg the sponsorships welcome hey drew Brees, if you're listening and i know you own walk-ons uh i'd like a
1: 50 yard line
0: seat absolutely and i'll bring jamie no doubt Jamie will be available for autographs so when we come back let's talk a little bit more about the Independence Bowl we also have basketball to talk about Southern Miss basketball in full swing come right back to us right here on News Radio 98.1 and the score 1400 a.m. in Hattiesburg (laughs) listening to The Top Talk with Jamie Arrington and Jason Bailey. So before the break, we were talking about Southern Miss and the bowl possibilities for the Golden Eagles. The most likely destination right now, Independence Bowl. But let me say, anything can happen between now and Sunday. It's a very fluid situation. We probably won't know for sure until Sunday. But if we do end up going to the Independence Bowl, there's a couple of things going on. That could be a lot of fun for Golden Eagle fans. So, Tuesday, December the 26th. So, so the game is Wednesday, December 27th at 12.30 p.m. So, more than likely, if you're going to go, if you're going to stay one night, you probably are going to stay the night before mm-hmm. uh, and maybe head back after the game or stay two nights or stay a couple of nights, whatever you want to do. But the, the night before, they're calling it Rally on the Red, Tuesday, December 26th. At 5 p.m., they're going to have a pub crawl. Several locations in that downtown area. They got about six locations, one of which has a name you are kind of familiar with.
1: Yeah, well, we're running through these through these names, and um, uh, the one towards the end here, uh, right after fully stacked, which um, that sounds interesting. <laughs> yeah, um, but the sandbar, you know, obviously not the same place, but the sandbar. Any of you guys who listen to any of the two talk top talk episodes uh, around the uh, conference tournament knows that that's kind of a place we made our home away from home, <laughs> along with uh, Ricky Riles, who uh, was, John Smith, Will Taylor. John
0: Smith, Will Taylor, Tanner Absolutely. was there for a little bit. Yeah, the, the rally bike.
1: Jill Beatty and Joey Beatty. Yeah. And probably a lot of other people that I'm forgetting, but <laughs> I'm sure that we can make this sandbar, our new home away from home, towards the end of that pub crawl. And if that is towards the end of it, then that would be a great place to end up.
0: Absolutely. Not
1: sure if I'd make the game the next day.
0: Yeah, you got to kind of pace yourself. If they
1: have the dollar jello shots, it's just all over.
0: So the pub crawls at 5 p.m. At 6 p.m., there's a pep rally and a parade, Louisiana boardwalk outlets. This is all kind of in the downtown area. And then after that, at 6 p.m., so we talked about the concert a few weeks ago with Jason Munns about the New Orleans Bowl. They're having the 90s concert the night before. This one has got the Toadies playing at that. And for the listeners, if you're a child of the 90s like we are, you know, that was kind of where we probably peaked towards the end of the 90s you probably have heard this song before so this is their, their their biggest hit Possum Kingdom they are a band out of Fort Worth Texas so this is you know I remember this song mm-hmm. well you, you had to remind
1: me the once you sent me the link
0: yeah these are the guys yeah toadies so after a pub crawl this would probably be an amazing show <laughs> yeah this song by the way copyright 1994 wow Yeah.
1: Which honestly doesn't seem that long ago for me.
0: (laughs) Right, right.
1: But yeah, we can do some, we can have a floaty with the toadies.
0: Floaty with the toadies. All right. So, again, that's not a sure thing that we're going to the Independence Bowl. It just seems likely right now. So, just wanted to throw a couple of things out there for the Southern Miss fans. I
1: have really gotten my hopes up for this thing. You've you've queued up the music and everything, and I've, I've seen words like sandbar and Started thinking about floaty with the toadies and Jello shots, and I'm just—I've got my hopes so far up that in true Southern Miss fashion, it's gonna come crashing down on me.
0: But I hope not. Well, changing tunes. Why don't you tell us about this Southern Miss basketball team?
1: Oh, okay. Uh, so, <laughs> segue, smooth segue,
0: smooth segue.
1: Um, okay. So, scholarship limitations and all that, right? This is—what is this year three or four for Doc? I think this is year four. Beginning of year four? 2020. I don't know. That's a lot
0: of math. Okay. I think it's year four.
1: We should start putting it together. I know we still have a few scholarship limitations, and we'll get into some actual like high points in a minute, but just real quick to get it off my chest, even though we still have some scholarship limitations, we have enough, okay? The people that have those extra two scholarships that we don't have right now, those guys don't ever play anyway, right? They just sit on the end of the bench and hold up the GPA. That being said, Cortez Edwards uh, is my favorite player, okay? Um, and he's, he's he's doing some he's doing some work this year um, he's kind of starting to put it all together the team currently is three and three with an overall record two um, and0 at RGC so you guys come on out and join me and everybody else that sits around me um, this past weekend uh, or this past week we played a, a tournament in South Dakota at, at the uh, Pentagon up there 11 uh, 24 we lost to south Dakota 84 to 71. But they were actually this 2016-17 Summit League champs, so, you know, take that with a grain of salt. Um, Cortez Edwards had 18 points, Tyree Griffin 5 assists, and uh, my new kind of pick-the-click, maybe as the year goes along, Penny Hampton had 13 points off the bench. Next day, we beat Youngtown, Youngstown State 71-64. to Youngstown, a member of the Horizon League. Um, they also lost all three of their games in the tournament, so we didn't beat anybody that had beaten anybody else. But... Another bright spot. Cortez Edwards again with 18 points. Tyree Griffin and Kevin Holland also had 17 points. And the last day on 11-26, we played Northern Colorado and fell 77-63. to So, you know, as far as the, the tournament goes, oh, and by the way, Cortez Edwards had 20 points that day. So he went 18-18-20, which is pretty solid. Hopefully that continues throughout the rest of the year. Um, but... uh it doesn't look like U.S.M. is going to have any trouble getting to the free chicken this season. If anybody goes to the games, you know that Canes. If we get to sixty-five points, um, everybody goes crazy because we get free chicken. You go and you get a two-for-one caniac. That's the best way to go with it. Looks like we're going to score some points this year. Um, another bright spot: Kevin Holland is absolutely on fire. That lefty, if he, you know, he spots up in the corner over there. Um, He's, uh, he's really lighting it up. He's 11 of 18 from three-point range this year. That
0: red shirt year paid off.
1: <laughs> exactly. Well, he's, he's been arrested. Um, Griffin averaged 16 points uh, a game. Cortez Edwards averaging 14 points a game. Um, USM is currently averaging right at 70 points a game and 64% free throw percentage. So,
0: yeah, those are, those are some bright spots golden eagles taking on the south alabama jaguars tonight november 29th at 7 p.m so as soon as this show's over flip on over check it out or whatever i don't know listen i don't know but we got one more segment right here on to the top talk you guys come right back to us Welcome back to The Top Talk. Jamie Arrington, Jason Bailey here in studio talking Southern Miss Athletics. All right, so we got one little short segment left to go. Mm -hmm. And I feel like we should mention – I mean, we don't have to, but I feel like we should mention it. So there's this trophy that C Spire gives out every year. They have them in in all the different sports. They sponsor this trophy. The Connerly Trophy, named after a former Ole Miss quarterback, allegedly goes to the best college football player in Mississippi – but what it's kind of turned into recently is more of – it's more hype. It's more based off of – I think they should just give it to the Egg Bowl MVP and just call it that.
1: Yeah, just do away with the award.
0: Yeah, because, I mean, it's, it's obviously not working. That being said, I think A.J. Brown, the wide receiver from Ole Miss, is an excellent athlete. He won the award this year, um, had a very solid season, 1,252 yards, 11 TDs. Ito had uh, total yards, rushing and receiving, 1,691 yards and 15 TDs. So the past two years, last year Evan Ingram, the tight end from Ole Miss, won. So you combine Ingram Stats, who won last year, and Brown Stats, who won this year, they have, as a total, 2,178 yards and 19 TDs. Meanwhile, Ito Smith, for those same two years, 3,609 yards with 34 TDs. So... It's very understandable why Southern Miss fans have a gripe with this award. And I'll tell you this, C Spire is red and blue. I know they sponsor us in football. I know they have our sponsorships and stuff, but they are as red and blue as they come in that corporate office. I have, I have worked there. <laughs> I can attest to this. So I'm not saying they're, they're doing anything to – You know, further the narrative. But when the press release was released, they listed, if you listen to last week's show, they listed A.J. Brown and Nick Fitzgerald, the quarterback from Mississippi State, as the front runners for this award. So, you know, I don't think it's a conspiracy. I just think we're being slighted. I think Ito, who's statistically one of only 10 running backs in NCAA history to have more than 4,000 yards rushing and 1,000 yards receiving. Um, And like you you said earlier, that player isn't the best player in Mississippi. Yeah, yeah. Well, I
1: mean, exactly. Well, that's how I look at it. And, I, and, I, and anybody who's following my Twitter feed last night, uh, I got into the sauce a little bit. And when this happened, uh, I got loose on Twitter. <laughs> yeah. But, it, but it was, it's just, they should just be ashamed. Yeah. I mean, for a guy that, that can just be one of only 10 people in the history of college football to do what he's done, to never be recognized as the best player foot, uh, player in just the state of Mississippi. Like he has an argument to be one of the best players of all time in college football, but doesn't have an argument to be.
0: <laughs> I'd like to know. see a list of who actually gets to vote on this because I think it's very top pull, heavy. I, I north of i twenty, the, I want to pull the jury. Yeah, I'd like to see. I'd or, like or, or, it to be transparent or just,
1: or just don't or just do away with it.
0: Yeah, I'm for that. I'm not opposed to that. Hey, what about coming out with a team?
1: Like, what if they came out with a team and Edo was like the number, like the starting running back or whatever, the first team. Will that make you feel any better? And then they, not, not really. I don't think so either. Yeah. Just do away with the award. Absolutely. Or just take us off the list. Yeah. We'll do, do us, our own yeah. thing.
0: So, thank you guys for listening. Go check us out. iTunes, SoundCloud, Google Play, all the archives, all the old episodes are on there for your listening pleasure. You can follow us on Twitter at ToTheTopTalk. You can follow me at Jamie underscore Arrington. You can follow Jason at BumperJBailey. My next comedy show announced it last night. We actually have a Hub City show at Thirsty Hippo on December 9th. It's our holiday ha-ha show. I'm not on that show, but we've got Sean Patton who came a couple weeks back. We've got him December 30th at the Hippo. So funny. Hope you guys enjoyed the show, and as always, Southern Miss to the top.